I want to start off with a little story about a young man graduated from school, had all kinds of debt. He had to look for a job. He was either overqualified, underqualified. He finally walked by a zoo and it said, Help Wanted. He said, Why not? Let me go on in there. So he walks inside, fills out an application. The only position that they had open was to dress up as a gorilla. He had bills. He said, I'll do it. Well, after a full day eating more bananas than he could digest and entertaining all the children, he was worn out. He leaned on the fence. The fence gave away and he fell into the lion's den. Mercy. Well, the lion smiled, showed his razor-sharp teeth, and he sprung on and grabbed the gorilla by the throat. The man in the gorilla suit knew his time was over, and he began to pray. God answered his prayer. He heard the lion speak. If you don't get back into your compound, we are both going to lose our job. The reason I bring you that story is because it reminds me of the play we just did when we went back to Florida Conference, the back to school rally. And uh, A.C. Anderson, who gave the scripture reading, wrote the play. And it was titled, Is This a Dress Rehearsal? My question to you, brothers and sisters, are we preparing for the coming of Christ? Or are we pretending this world will continue on? Are we comfortable where we're at as we see prophecy fulfilled all around us? Do you and I think that we're in a dress rehearsal? One of the most glorious truths that we have is that Christ is coming again. Amen? I want to watch this video with you.
Christ in the last days has given us scenarios. He's given us the signs of the end. In Daniel, Revelation, Matthew, there will be an increase in sin, lust, greed, theft, lying. There will be trouble on earth, wars, rumors of wars, earthquakes, national disasters, trouble in our cities, financial situations, unrest. Can you see that today, brothers and sisters? People, yes, you and I, will be lovers of self. We'll be proud. We'll be envious. In Matthew 24, 37, as our scripture reading was, as in days of Noah were also will there be the coming of the Son of Man. I say to you, there's not much difference between Noah and the days that we live in. It is now the time to prepare it is now the time to get ready for Christ's return. It's now to put your survival kit together. Let us pray. Dear Lord God, we ask that you fill this room with thy Holy Spirit. We rebuke anything that is not of you. I ask that you stick me behind and put me behind the cross. May your light shine and your words come forth. You receive all the glory. We praise you for the God that you are. Amen. A lot of you all know me. I just got back from Alaska. This sermon came together while we were packing for Alaska. Men, you all know, and you won't admit it, that ladies are better packers than us. There's a reason for that. They can take one outfit and make it last in three outings just by changing the blouse. Correct? But do you know why they underpack? They know that they need room to put the things in that they did not pack so they can buy it to repack. Amen? True? Well, my wife divvied up the suitcases. She might not agree with this, but I received the smallest one. If you don't know my wife, she's the one over there shaking her head. I'm very blessed. Well, I couldn't fit all my things into the suitcase. So, I was the one who was going to load the truck the evening before, and I said, that's okay. So they went to sleep, I loaded up, I opened up one of the suitcases and put the stuff I couldn't fit in my suitcase into that suitcase. Everything was fine until we got to the airport. We walked up. My granddaughter was on the trip with us. As the first suitcase went in, it was my wife's. Everything was good. My tiny, itty-bitty suitcase, she's shaking her head again, went in. And it was okay. Then my granddaughter's suitcase. And it did not pass through. It was overweight. 
and she was shaking her head. She couldn't understand it. Well, they gave her the suitcase. She opened it up, and with them big, beautiful eyes, she just looked at me and shook her head because all my stuff was on top. And she said, Papa. You know, she didn't have to say anything else. Papa was fine. I knew that I was in trouble. There was a course associated with being overpacked. And the course was not very light, which made me think, as we prepare for our journey to heaven, is our survival kit overpacked? And if it is overpacked, what is the course associated with it? Could it be you and my salvation? Mercy. After asking these questions, I needed to go to scriptures. There are many scriptures in there that you can go to. I chose to read 2 Timothy today, 3, 1 to 4. And if you want to go there, by the way, always confirm that the person giving the sermon is saying what's in the scriptures. So I would go there. But know that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money. Boisterous, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasures rather than lovers of God. begin to look at myself. Am I a lover of self? Do I look after my own welfares? Am I interested in my matters no matter how it affects someone else? Am I putting my trust in this world? It's system. Lovers of money, material. Am I greedy? Do I have a high opinion of myself? Am I unthankful what God has given to me? I needed to remove these things out of my survival kit. I had to get them out. And as I continued on, am I in tune with God's law and His righteousness? And if I am unrighteous, am I also unloving? Do I hurt when others hurt? Do I show love, affection? Do I have an understanding for my brothers and sisters? Am I forgiven? Do I forgive others as Christ has forgiven me? I had to go to Matthew 6.15. If I do not forgive others, I cannot be forgiven. Am I a person without self-control, resentment? Do I harbor anger? Oh, not I. What about that person who just cut me off in the road? How did I react? I assure you I did not react, react kindly. I'm happy he was not in the seat next to me. How about people 
when they disagree with me. How do I react then? Oh yes, I hold my tongue. But my spirit is not good, I assure you. Am I a lover of pleasure rather than God? What are my priorities? You know, there's a game on today. Nobody knew that, did they? Nobody knew FSU kicked off at 11.30. I didn't see anybody look at the clock. Would I rather be there at that game or would I rather be here with the Saints? Or do I look at the clock? It's Sabbath, right? My, I don't want to sin. Sundown's not to 7.45. It's 7.30. As I sit and look at the clock for 15 minutes because I didn't want to sin. Ah, it's down. What a delight. As I looked at my survival kit, it was overpacked. My walk was heavy. With all this junk, junk in my survival kit, I fell to my knees. I began to unpack myself before my Lord. I asked Him for forgiveness. And as I felt myself drawing closer, I begin to see my unworthiness. With tears rolling down and crying out, we have a wonderful Lord. He kept bringing these thoughts to my mind. He still loved and cared for me with all my imperfections. Christ still loved cared for me with all my imperfections. I was brought to the verse of Matthew 11.30 which said, My yoke is easy. My burden is light. And get after getting off my knees, I felt like I was walking on air. I felt a burden lifted. I needed to rethink my old survival kit. Yes, I had an old survival kit. That was B.C. B.C. stands for before Christ. There's a lot of people out in the world today that have a survival kit. They know that something's going on. But their perception of survival is a lot different. They depend on the world to survive in an uncivil world. They invest in things that are off the grid. They invest in solo panels. They invest in a place to hide. They invest in ammunition. They invest in gold. They invest in silver. I was one of them before I invested in Christ. I have a new outlook being a child of God. I thought of Elijah with that dry up brook and God, how he fed with ravens. Then I thought of Rahab, Rahab, the harlot, the harlot from Jericho. How God protected her and her family. 
Who am I to doubt my Lord? All I need to do is repack my survival kit. And when you go on a trip and you don't know where, where you're headed, all the directions, all the turns and all, you need a guide. So I, the guide I went to was Scriptures. Amen? Then I read 1 John 1.19, If I confess my sins, He is faithful to forgive us. I'm going to put some assurance in that kid. I'm going to fill my survival kid up with assurance. With assurance, I'm going to have a little knowledge. This is eternal life. That they may know you in the only true God, in Jesus Christ, who you have sent. John 17. That knowledge, now I'm going to have a little bit of discernment to put in there. See, I need to be able to choose between good and bad, right and wrong. I don't need to be making these emotional decisions any longer. In Proverbs 16.25, it says, It seems right, but in the end is death. With that, I'm going to put a strong prayer life in my life. It's something I can take with me anywhere. My voice you shall hear in the morning, and I will look up. I'm going to start the day with you. But I'm going to be like Daniel. I'm not going to stop there. I'm going to have prayer noon and night. And that's going to give me courage because with a strong prayer life, my faith is stronger. In Hebrew 11, 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for in the evidence of things not seen. And how do I come by this faith? I come by hearing. And hearing by the Word of God. Now I can take my faith in action. Because it's fueled by knowledge and prayer. In Deuteronomy 31.6, God will never leave me, or you, or forsake you. I am putting that into my survival kit. You know, as I take these promises that God has given us, and I keep putting them into the survival kit, the survival kit is getting lighter. Wow. Then I said, Lord, what else do I need to put in there? Brought me to 3 John 2. Beloved, I pray that you prosper. He wants you to be prosperous. And then he continues on and be in good health. I had to step back. I need to take our health message a little more serious. I need to understand that he wants me to be healthy. And what he's given us is for my benefit. As I continue to pack this survival kit, I haven't put something in there that I really need to load up on. I need to load up on love. And that brings me to 1 Corinthians 1-8. to And if we can go there. I thought nothing speaks better than when you read it out of the Word of God. Amen? So instead of my words, I want to use scriptures and his words. Though I speak with the tongue of men and of angels, but have not love, 
I become like a sound in brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and I, though I have all the faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow my goods to feed the poor, I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long. It's kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't parade itself. It's not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. It does not seek its own. It thinks no evil. It does not rejoice in sin, but rejoice in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. When I got to the verse that love's never failed, it brought me to Christ's love. When I thought of that, I got excited. If Christ is love, Christ will never fail us. And if Christ will never fail us, it was a joy in that, and it brought a song to my heart. In Exodus 15:2, the Lord is my strength, my song, and my salvation. My walk is a joy, not a burden any longer. But now, I thought of my loved ones. I thought of all the work I did on this world. Then I realized nothing, nothing can go in my survival kit that can be taken away. Yes, everything you have worked and sweated for on this world. The material things, your home, your bank account, your cars, your savings accounts. You can't put in there. You can't put it in the survival kit. You can't even put your loved ones in the survival kit. I went a little farther. I began to realize that I can't even put myself in my survival kit. Why? Because it's not mine to save. Christ did this on the cross. He did it for you and I. We're redeemed by His suffering. Redeemed by His blood. It's a gift. We don't know when Christ will come. We saw properties before us being fulfilled. The signs are all around us. Packing a survival kit, whether you're preparing for the end of time or just a closer walk with Jesus. Our survival kit is our character. It's the only thing that you and I will take to heaven. You don't want to be overpacked with this world cares and worries. You don't want to be overwhelmed with every day's life. In Matthew 11.30, Christ is saying, Take my yoke and my burden is light. Brothers and sisters, Christ didn't give us prophecies to alarm us. He just let us know the way the world would be. Knowing the time is there. 
and given us the manner of His coming. In 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17, it says Christ is coming in a cloud. He is descending with a shout. All heaven will be silent. Why? All the angels are leaving heaven are coming with Him. Can you imagine the people that have passed away in Christ and they will be raised up? And if we're alive that glorious day, we're looking up and we're seeing our loved ones and we can't wait to get up there with them. I want to be in that number. Amen? Are you preparing to meet your Savior? The whole world is crumbling all around us. I'm excited though. Why? Because I know my Redeemer comes. I ask you, I'm not long-winded. I'm short and to the point. But I asked you, I heard the Amen. Amen. But I'm asking you, brothers and sisters, are you ready to dedicate your life to Christ? Are you willing to think about it? Are you willing to unpack, take what's weighing you down in this world and letting go? Are you willing to let it go? You know, Christ is at the door. He's knocking. He's wanting you to let Him in. Will you open that door for me? You know, if it's your desire for a closer walk with Christ, and you're looking for the day when the Lord will come through the clouds and will say, well done, good and faithful servant.